0: Welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is a great joy to be here with you, to be able to celebrate with you uh, this season of Christmas, the hope of Advent, that Jesus Christ, God's only son, was given to us so that we could celebrate, so that we could come to life, so that we could have true life in him. And it is my joy to be able to be here with you. I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here at Cassidy, and it is awesome to be able to celebrate what God is doing, what God has has done and what God continues to do in and through us, God's church. Uh, if you are new here, I just wanted to say thank you for joining us. A very special welcome to you. You are welcome here, and we are glad that you have chosen to spend a bit of your time this weekend in worship with us. In us, you're going to find that we are pretty down-to-earth folks. We realize that uh, we're not perfect, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus Christ. And we want to be more and more like Jesus so that we can be more and more the representation of God in this world so that we can love people where they are. We can share uh, with them who God has made us to be so that we can uh, care for them and together we can grow in relationships. So we want to invite you on a journey with us to grow in that relationship, to dive deep into who God is and who God is calling us to be so that we can be the people that God wants us to be. And so you are welcome and invited. And we've been talking about a, uh, a new worship series called Fear Not. Um, taking a look at the fact that you know over the past couple of years, things have been weird and, and the world has been different than we have ever known it to be, and so it's one of those things that can cause a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear, because this week we're talking about unmet expectations and how we expect things to happen in one way, and when they don't, they can cause us some fear and anxiety, uh, they can cause us some doubt and, and how we can work through that. I remember when my son was uh, living at home, my daughter had gone off to college, my son was staying at home and attending college, and he, he had one job. His one job each and every day was to do the dishes. And, and, and so I would get home from work uh, and there in the sink, there were dishes. And now I have to work around the dishes in order to prepare dinner. And sometimes I would have to wash some of those dishes so that I could prepare dinner. And I was always upset because my expectation had been that when I got home, the dishes would be done. After uh, a conversation with Alex and some soul searching on my own, I discovered I had never articulated that. I had never said that out loud. And he just knew that he had to have the dishes done at the end of the day. And so he would do them after dinner because he didn't want to do them before dinner and after dinner. And the, the fact that we had those unmet expectations made a lot of resentment and, and anger in me. Uh, even though he was doing exactly what I had asked him to do. It was the unspoken expectations that I had added on to him that were causing the, the disappointment in me and difficulty. Uh, and so uh, I, I want us to start there and recognize, hey, sometimes unmet expectations can be the cause of a lot of our, our issues in life. Uh, there is a book that is written by Christina Hassler called The Expectation Hangover, uh, and where she says unmet expectations often lead to the full range of negative emotions. Anger, fear, disappointment, jealousy, annoyance, bitterness, resentment, envy, and insecurity. If you don't have expectations, if you didn't have expectations, you would simply take things as they came and deal with them. Now I, I realize some things are worth having expectations over. Some expectations bring hope. I mean, when when a a, a mother to be is pregnant, we call it expecting because there is the expectation of a child. Here in the season of Advent, we are expecting the presence of Jesus Christ, and so some expectations bring hope, but some not so much. And so if we, if we rest in our unmet expectations, if we focus on them, they can, they can definitely cause us some fear and anxiety. They can cause us doubt that, that we are unsure of what's happening because our expectations aren't being met. The difficult thing is most of the time, the expectations we put on others and on the world at large are expectations that we ourselves wouldn't be able to live up to. Uh, the great author known as Anonymous said this, my my happiness grows in direct proportion to my acceptance and in inverse proportion to my expectations. Um, My, 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 acceptance is what really allows us to, to invest and to, um, to live life and be comfortable and, instead of uh, living in a, a space of broken expectations where we, we expect something to happen and it doesn't happen. And so if, if that's true... If our, if our lives are made better by uh, not having unmet expectations, then the goal would obviously be to have all of our expectations met. But the problem is, that's not how the world works. Uh, that's just how people work. It's one of those fundamental flaws we have that we expect others and we expect the world to work in one way. And in reality, it does not work in that way. Even the the wealthiest people on the planet struggle with having expectations not met, just like the lowliest people. Like all people, we we struggle with that. And maybe Maybe during this past couple of years of 2020 and 2021, you had expectations of how life would be and they were not met because of the global pandemic, because of so many things. Or maybe you have expectations of how the stock market is going to do so you can uh, retire early or, or have some other financial goal. Maybe it's relationships, the way you relate with others that you're expecting them to act or be in a specific way or to do the Like my son, that, that there is some of that going on, and yet it falls short. Or at work, you have the expectation of you being able to accomplish something, or your employees being able to accomplish something, and it just falls short. Life in general is one of those things that we have so many expectations about, so many hopes and dreams and desires. And all of those are good things, but the unmet expectations are where we can, we can stumble and we can struggle because we look to the world and we say, why isn't the world behaving the way that we want it to be? And how can we make it more like what we imagine that it should be? And, and you'll notice that we, or I, am the center of the difficulty. It's my expectations, it's my preconceived notions, it's my desires, my hopes, my dreams, not taking into consideration everybody else. And, and we've all had this experience. Uh, hopefully you're not sitting out there thinking, well, I haven't had this experience. I just expect other people to behave and they do the things that I expect them to do. Uh, hopefully we're able to realize that, yeah, we've all had this experience. Unmet expectation can bring anger, fear, disappointment, Jealousy, annoyance, bitterness, resentment, envy, and insecurities. There are so many things that unmet expectations do. And and quite frankly, we have all spent too much time with those emotions because others have not met our expectations or we have not met our own expectation. That's the difficulty of life. That's That's one of those burdens that we carry. And so if we were totally able to give away all of our expectations and live purely in the moment, things would be different. Uh, We would have less of those negative emotions. Now for me, I I look at that and I'm like, well, but we wouldn't be able to plan for anything because we would just be living in the moment. Uh, And the interesting thing is this is, like I said, it's not new. It's something that we've always struggled with. It was in the same time of, in, in the time of Jesus, we had, this same set of expectations. Uh, If you remember, when Jesus was born into the world, the the Jews, the the religious order around uh, Jesus, all expected something different than what happened. They were expecting the Messiah, but what they expected wasn't what they received. You see, they, they were expecting a king in power and in might, and they received a king, a servant, humble and low. They were expecting a geopolitical powerhouse, and instead they got a king who was spiritual and desired the kingdom of God over the kingdoms on this earth. And we have the same in daily life here, and they had the same uh, un- unmet expectations in daily life there. there was, there's a story uh, of a couple, and we're going to take a look at that story today but it's a guy named Zechariah and his wife, Elizabeth. Uh, and, and they the expectation at the time was if you were uh, well-behaved, if you followed the law, then you would be blessed by God and you would be able to do the things that normal people do, like have children. However, if you had done something wrong, then your shame would be that you were unable to have children. And that's the situation that enters into this story of Elizabeth and Zechariah. It starts out in the Gospel of Luke, and it says this, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing the Lord's commandments and decrees blamelessly. Now it says that so that we understand that that they were righteous, that they didn't do anything wrong because here's the problem. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Now they, they were childless and that, that put a, a mark against them because community expectations were that she would be able to have children. And I know the, the Luke wasn't uh, very good in biology because it takes the husband and the wife both to make a child. And it could be the husband or the wife that's problematic. But in this time, if, if the wife was unable to bear children, she was the one that was failing to conceive. And so it was this expectation that she had done something wrong. This expectation that she was unable to do what she was supposed to do and bear children. And it continues once when Zechariah Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving with the as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when, he, when the time came for the burning of the incense, when the time of the, for the burning of the incense came, all assembled worshipers were praying outside. Uh, this is uh, something that we really don't experience now. So what's going on is Uh, Zechariah is part of the priestly caste, so he is a priest of God. Now the priests didn't just live at the temple; they lived all over. And this priest was uh, was in a division or a group of other priests that every once in a while they would go to the temple proper, and they would be the ones to help facilitate worship at the temple. So they would be at the present for the sacrifices, for the ceremony, for the prayers, and the time of devotion. And so they would go to the the temple to serve. Well, he Zechariah uh, won by lot the ability to go in and light incense, and what this means is, the temple was was built in like a two tier kind of space. The first entryway was the main main room of the temple. And then at the end of that was a smaller room, which was the Holy of Holies, which is where the curtain uh, separated the Holy of Holies from the main room of the temple. And that's where uh, God was thought to dwell, uh, right there in the Holy of Holies. And so when he goes in, he's not going that far in. He's just going to an altar that has incense on it. And he lights the incense, says some prayers. And the whole idea is that he would do that and take off that's what Zechariah's job is on this particular day. And so he is at the temple and he goes in to light the incense. And then this happens. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. He was startled and was gripped with fear. This this makes perfect sense. Uh, here's, here's the deal. He has been elected, Zechariah has been elected by, by uh, lots. They cast lots. They, they did a uh, drawing of straws to see who was going to go in. Zechariah goes in. He knows nobody else is going in with him. He's in there by himself. He lights the incense on fire and suddenly there beside the incense altar is a person, an angel, and the angel just appears out of nowhere, and Zechariah is gripped with fear, mostly because he doesn't know what's going on or why an angel has decided to show up in the middle of the room while he is there. And quite frankly, the, the concept at the time is uh, a, one of a little bit more fear, healthy fear, to say, hey, I don't want to do anything to upset God because that could, uh, then God could take his wrath on, on me. Uh, and so he was a little concerned about what was going on. And the angel recognizes this and, and starts with the same thing that all angels begin with. But the angel said to him, do not. Be afraid, Zechariah. Fear not, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. You know what's interesting about this? is Zechariah goes in there, and it doesn't say that's what he was praying for, but his heart is still yearning for a child. No, he knows he's old, and he knows that, that it's unlikely, but they have stories. Of the the folks like Abraham and Sarah, who were old in their lives, and yet they still were able to bear children and so when he hears, "Fear not, things are good, your wife 's going to be pregnant. I wonder if there was a little bit of healthy concern, like, "Oh my gosh, now what's gonna uh, and what 's going to happen what, what does this look like? Why is an angel? telling me about my child. And the angel continues. He says, he is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. He, he's going to be special child. This child of yours isn't going to just be any old person no he's going to be called specifically even before he was born he will be called and the Holy Spirit will be with him you're not to ever let him have wine or a fermented drink and and this is the idea that that Zechariah hears this message from the God from God and he's he's Probably confused and concerned, and why, why is this happening to me? And why why is this a special time? And what's going on? And quite frankly, am I imagining all of this? When I think about this scenario, like I, I know for me, I would I pinch myself, maybe maybe be like, okay, the, obviously I'm dreaming or I'm hallucinating. Maybe there's too much incense in the air and not enough oxygen. I don't know what was going on in his mind, but he asks. The question, in a a moment of pure humanity, he asked the question, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. I I, I don't want to go to Elizabeth and get her hopes up. I don't want to get my hopes up because I don't even know if this is real. I I love this about about him, because it it paints a picture of of real confusion, of real concern, and of real doubt in the midst of it. I mean, his expectations haven't ever been met in this arena. He's been expecting a child forever, as long as he's been married, and now they're old, and now it's so unlikely. Surely it's not truly going to happen, and yet the The memory of Abraham and Sarah ring in his ears that Abraham and Sarah were told by an angel that they would have a child as well. And so he questions the angel and the angel responds in this way. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent And not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Uh, (laughs) I can only imagine Zechariah at that moment in his head thinking. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Nope. Nope. Shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have thought that out loud. I should not have vocalized. And maybe, maybe Zechariah had a lot of that in his life where he would just ask those random questions and wonder why he asked them later in life. Uh, But this one actually was, was one that needed to be asked. How can I know this is sure? And the angel says, because you haven't the, because you didn't believe, you won't be able to speak. And, and my, my guess is this. This is not just a, a punishment. It's also a sign. It's also a sign to Zechariah, to the people that are there, and to Elizabeth, that this really happened. That it's not just an empty hope Uh, or an empty promise, but that an angel of the Lord showed up and demonstrated his power and and told Zechariah of this promise, but then took his voice from him uh, until the baby was born. It says this, meanwhile, the people outside in the temple area were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he had stayed inside the temple so long. When he came out, he could not speak They realized that he had seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. Zechariah became a sign to them with his inability to speak. It wasn't just a punishment but a sign, a symbol that he had experienced something bigger than himself. That in that moment in the temple that he had had a revelation, uh, an epiphany, the presence of God through the angel Gabriel was made manifest to him. And so Zechariah returns home and, and, and is able to share this news with his wife. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. You see, Elizabeth is focused on her shame and on the fact that she had doubts and, and, and her expectations hadn't been met. And now suddenly God has, has taken her shame away because what this proved was that it wasn't something that she had done that prevented her from having children. It was part of God's plan. While her expectations hadn't been met, and now were the community expectations were now being met as well because they were going to have a child even in their old age. And what's interesting is it's not just any child that they were going to have. They were going to have the one who would prepare the way for Jesus. He was known as John the Baptist. He baptized Jesus when the Holy Spirit came down on him. He stood and proclaimed Jesus to be the Lamb of God and told people, to go and follow Jesus after he had been warning them to to prepare their hearts and repent and return to God. And the truth is that when we limit ourselves with our expectations, we're doing a a disservice to God because our expectations are far too small for God's purpose, for God's purposes. We expect things to just make it through, and God has in mind so much more for us. In this scenario, God had in mind for them to bear the Elijah that was to come, the one who would prepare the way for people to come to know the Lord himself, Jesus Christ, and that was his role that he was going to have, and they were just wanting a son so that their Stigma, so that their disgrace, so that their uh, shame would be taken away. They just wanted to be normal, and yet this child would be the key to God's plan, the key to the preparation for Jesus. And and so, my understanding and what I hope we can gather with this is that we need to set aside some of our own expectations. And maybe lean into God instead of struggling with our own expectations. Because your expectations may be preventing you from moving past fear into a deeper relationship with God. If you expect God to act and behave and move in a specific way, if you're trying to put God in a special God-sized box in your life, then you're selling yourself and God short. You're preventing God from pouring out blessing upon blessing because your expectations are too small. Remember, Jesus said, not my will, but your will be be done. And so what, what we hear, the message at Christmas can be one of surrender yourself, surrender your life over to the gift of Jesus Christ, and we can surrender our expectations at the same time. We can surrender our expectations on how we spend our time, our expectations on how we spend our money, our expectations on how we live our life, and we can embrace instead God in person, in the person of Jesus Christ. And we can live into the hope and the the promise of joy that we have in that. I mean, we all have expectations, And unmet expectations lead to fear and other emotional irritants, difficulties, whatever you want to call it. But if we set back and we allowed God to be God and not try to dictate how God should interact in our lives, but instead turn our lives over to God, then everything could be different. We could receive that hope, that peace, and that joy that we have in Jesus Christ now and forever. We could offer ourselves over to God and turn away from our expectations and instead pray, come thou long expected Jesus into my heart, into my life. Change me from the inside out. Make me more like you so that I can be a blessing to the world like you want me to be. Let's pray. Gracious God, I give you thanks and praise for the gift you give us in Jesus Christ, for the hope we have in you, for the promise we have in your life, death, and resurrection that we can have true life right here and right now. Father, take our expectations from us, our our broken expectations where we expect the world to behave in a specific way and instead let us lean into and, and trust in you. So that we can be made more and more like Jesus, so that we can love people where they are, so that we can share your grace, your hope, your love, your peace with everyone we come in contact with. God, help us to be made more like Jesus now and forever. And in the season of Christmas, let us prepare a place for the resurrected Christ in our lives here and now. Yes, Jesus comes as an infant into the manger, but he comes as a king over our sin and death in our lives. Let us embrace that. Let us live into it and let us be transformed by it now and forever. We pray this in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, Amen.